Hello, welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know, and really very little that you ever need to know. I'm Eric Zappa. I'm Brady Stuffel. And I'm Andy Larner. Hey guys, welcome in. Um, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we're we're kind of recording this in an odd time day, but uh, listeners won't know that because they'll know it's just they get the usual. Drop. Oh, they will now because you made sure to mention it. So that's right. <laughs> So how is your uh, weekend? How are things going? Good. We went out. We, I, I'll give a shout out to Krishna uh, Grocery, the Indian grocery store. It's in like Lafayette. Uh, it's a good one. Um, went down there and got a bunch of stuff. I do like Indian food quite a bit. And Wait, they, uh, how did you say that again? Lafayette? What was that? <laughs> you did say Lafayette. Lafayette? What was that? Yeah. What was that Lafayette. <laughs> Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah, you can say whatever you want, Zampa. I honestly don't care. I'm talking about the Krishna. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm sure I'm saying Krishna wrong as well, but they were very helpful. I've been down there a number of times, and I just wanted to give a shout out to them because we did go there. We drove all the way down there. We used to have SV2 groceries in Longmont, which I liked a lot. Um, their lease wasn't renewed at one point, so they they went away. And uh, now we have to drive all the way down. I think it's Lafayette. Um, I think that's where it's at. I'm going to say how I say it. You antibiotics. You talk about how I say antibiotics and bagel too, because everybody gives me a hard yeah, time. Bagels, uh, I don't get the bagel one at all. doesn't really matter. Don't. You don't have to. The point comes across. No, I just well, I want to know where you got that from. I got to talk to your folks. So. No idea. Yeah. yeah. Probably not from them either. I don't know. No, no Lazy mouth. Scene. So, Annie, how's you, how are Did you doing? How's your weekend? Did you make an Indian dish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, get, we typically get... Oh, um, oh, Oh yeah, but, but I'm not sure who's talking. Moderator, Eric. No, go for it, Brady. Sorry, right. finish your finish like the question there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go down and they have a bunch of stuff. They've actually got um, I think it's dosa batter, so you can cook your own, which is cool. We made some of those. We made um tandoori chicken, which we do like really, really cheat with it because I just I mean I have to use non-dairy yogurt, but um I just use chicken strips like you get the chicken tenders from Target. And it's super good. Nice. And then we made a pre-cut. Uh, a, right. Yeah. So it's just like soak <laughs> it, bake it as a high a temperature as you can. You're good. You're off to the races, rice, and then a tikka thing with a bunch of veg in it. So uh yeah, it's mm, really good. But we get the so pa- patak patak brand paste we in the little jars like those. And they recommended that we get some different pani puri, um, which is like a chutney thing or like a side. I don't know if you dip stuff in it. It's green. And they said, get the frozen stuff. It's so much better. And it's like, all right, all right. And you put the golden handcuffs on, you know, because you're like, yeah, this is really good. This is actually way better. So um, so did that. So I enjoyed that. Um, did a bunch of other, you know, stuff, just a bunch of errands. But that was kind of the fun one. Bought a freezer. Cool. We also nice. bought a freezer. <laughs> this week. Bought a freezer. I bought a freezer last night. Yeah. Oh, you went, did? Went to Lowe's. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Cut him off. Is it just because you're 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 no you're no no concerned no, 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 about no. an upcoming pandemic or something? Or yeah, right. <laughs> planning for the next one. Yeah. No, um, actually, <laughs> what happened is months ago we, were, we got uh, got a text from my mother-in-law. My you know Kelsey got one, and she said, um, "Hey, would you like to go in on a cow with us?" Which is a hugely Midwestern thing to do. And so you get a cow, and then you know it's butchered and whatever and you you divvy it up and then you have to store it because you don't just go like Brady, well i'll Brady, take some gotta, hamburger now you know and then i'll take the flank hang on a minute like, i gotta pause you there what this is i had a friend maybe it's my sister or someone go did Brady say that having a cow is a midwestern thing because he said it on other podcasts mm-hmm. and she goes what 
I've never heard of that as being a Midwestern thing. Oh, no, I mean, no, we no, had no, cows no. when I was growing up. We yeah. definitely split cows. I know plenty of people that split cows. Yeah. Like, we have cows in Colorado. We have them in Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have them in Nebraska. Culturally, <laughs> it was very that? much a thing. Well, very much a thing, like, where I grew up in, I mean, mostly rural Minnesota, South Central Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, where my um, in-laws live. It's just a thing. Like, people, it's it's part of life. People go in on a part of a half of one and you need to have somewhere to store it. So we bought a freezer for that. But when we moved to Virginia, um, beef prices were so much higher and people just ate so much less beef. And it was a thing. There's ranch land on the, in the West and like where there's ranching. And so like I had family that were like worked on dairy farms, that sort of stuff where you see a lot less of that here. And you know, in the North to the North in Montana, Wyoming and stuff, there's a lot of ranching. But, sure. I mean, it's slightly less agricultural, but I don't know that I like think of splitting a cow as quintessential Midwestern. I mean, I think of maybe like meat and potatoes, like type of eating. As what kind of meat do you like, think Not that the they practice eat. of splitting a cow. Pork, <laughs> yeah, I feel totally. like pork was very much the like, yeah, we don't want to spring for beef. Like what we really want to be eating is a beef roast. We don't, I mean, we never went out of our way to like, <laughs> ah, we're getting together as a family. We're getting pork chops. It's like we're gonna we're gonna get a bunch of steaks and come together. Well, actually, the, the question should be: What are you doing? Going, grabbing a giant U-Haul and running over there and getting frozen beef? What are you doing? No. So they they said, "Hey, do you want this?" And then they said, "We're gonna come out." And said, "Oh, we're not gonna come out." And then we said, we're coming back. And they said, "Oh, we're not coming back." And so they've been holding on to this quarter cow for like months, and they're gonna come out this weekend. Um, this is just just planned as like last couple of days. And it's like, well, we, we need a freezer because our freezer now is, is stuck full of chicken strips. And you like, know, Annie, that food. is a Midwestern thing. I had relatives who used to come in their, you know, <laughs> drive in their cars and bring like frozen stuff, pizzas, whatever. Right. And, and my dad will do that. My dad will definitely be like, so uh, you want any brats or? And it's yeah, just like, exactly. yeah, I absolutely yeah. Yeah. Brats from German country and you all. Yeah, yeah. Bring them out. Bring me as many as you can. Uh, so anyway, that's what was going on. Oh, my Lord. Well, since we're talking about food, I think it'd be great. We have a, a guest here today, Krista. Is it Balderson or Jimenez? I'm Menes. confused. Oh, okay, cool. It says Balderson on your on your recording here, real quick. But Krista Jimenez um, with Pura Vida Moms, and you are the recipient of an E for All award, as I understand it. Also, you are the owner and founder of Pura Vida Moms, and. Can, Krista, can you just introduce yourself a little bit to us and our audience and let us know what you're you know, kind of your where you're from and, and who you are? Sure. The first thing I want to say is I have a Midwestern family and butchering a cow and showing it is definitely a Midwestern tradition. Oh. <laughs> but can you comment on whether carrying frozen food across state lines is also a Midwestern tradition? Absolutely. <laughs> I want to. I want to just piggyback on this because um, when we were when we lived in Germany, which we did for like a year, uh, her parents came out, and then my parents came out, and my dad was like, "So, uh, you want us to bring any steaks or some beef?" And it's like, "You're gonna bring. You're gonna just try and <laughs> transport beef into the EU or like." Uh, bad cow disease is not like, happening. No, no. no. It's like, are you it's sure? Because yeah. just, <laughs> I'll just freeze them and I'll stuff it in my socks. And it's like, no, 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 no. So it's yeah. We, okay. You know, so getting like, back to Krista. Yeah, I'm just saying, Krista. Krista, you and I. Yeah, it's yeah. Come on, you know these guys. They don't know. <laughs> All so right, Krista, so my, tell us about yourself. Sure. My name is Krista Jimenez, and I'm the owner of Piravina Moms, which is a blog website. Um, that celebrates Costa Rican food and travel in the United States. 
And basically I, um, I, my husband is Costa Rican and I've lived on and off in Costa Rica for the past 20 years. Um, and I was noticing that there was no way to sort of recreate his family recipes online. And we really missed that because it's really important to carry on our culture to our kids. So I started publishing recipes and that morphed into travel and a little bit of parenting. And today um, I'm a full-time writer. That's just awesome. So that is, I mean, you know, to me, first of all, I have to say compliment you on your website. I think it's really great and easy to navigate and easy to find out like who you are at the background, that sort of thing. So what is it about Costa Rica that some of us maybe, you know, as far as food and cuisine don't know that you would love the world to know? Um, sure. I was just writing about this actually, but the, the main staples are sort of a protein like meat, fish, or beef, and then rice and beans. And there's a really popular, not a hot sauce, but a sauce called salsa lisano. Um, and it's sort of like a Worcestershire sauce, but a million times better. And so taking these combinations of rice and beans and protein and making them into all kinds of dishes is sort of what we do. The other thing that it's really interesting is um, part of Costa Rica, the Guanacaste and Nicoya Peninsula is part of the blue zones area. So that means that people have some of the longest lives in the world. And they've mm. noticed that that's part of because of diet. And really in Costa Rica, we eat whole foods. There's not a lot of prepared foods like in the grocery store. You're not finding a lot of canned foods. You're not finding a lot of frozen foods. It's a lot of fresh foods the issue with that sometimes is that that means someone's almost always cooking. (laughs) And in the United States, we just don't have someone cooking for us three times a day generally. And so I usually try to make the recipe something where you could do it in an afternoon or you could make ahead or for dinner so that it's more conducive to the American lifestyle, but still very faithful to the Costa Rican cuisine. And so uh, many countries have national dishes is there a national dish of Costa Rica? Absolutely. It's called gallo pinto, and mm. it's basically black beans and white rice um, tossed, and they're all day-old. So the idea is like you eat beans and rice for lunch the day before, and there's always some left over. Mm-hmm. So you toss those in the salsa lisano, and then you add some red pepper and onion and cilantro, and it's sort of a breakfast dish with eggs and plantains and coffee, of course, and fresh fruit, or it can be like a side dish for a lunch. If you don't want to have just regular rice and beans, you can have the gallo pinto. That's wonderful. Um, it sounds good. Now I'm hungry. Um, it's good. I, I know I'm like looking at all these recipes right now and, and I actually haven't had lunch and I'm really hungry and these look so good. Well, thank you. So how, um, so it looks like you have an online shop so people can purchase goods from you. Is that correct? They can, in theory, um, that ended up being a really tough endeavor. It was something that I started with E for all and it just didn't really work out. So actually today I filled my my last 18 orders and after today I'll hit delete on the store and just go back to being a writer. Yeah. So hey, at least be, this is breaking news. Yeah. You know, we've oh been trying gosh, to get some breaking news breaking around news. here. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a side dish first. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not 10 years old. Um so Krista, so you're gonna be talking mostly about travel or lifestyle in Costa Rica or adapting to United States for Costa Rican families, or you know, what does that look like? I'm curious. What are your writing uh, in the future look like? 
Yeah, there's a lot of different avenues to go through. And one of the things that I really focus on is search engine optimization or SEO. Uh So I'm really looking at what people are looking for and providing content there with a focus on parenting, because there's not a lot of websites that talk about going to Costa Rica with really little kids. And so I will maybe do a guide on a certain beach, but I'll say these, you know, if the waves are appropriate, or if there's places that are family friendly for kids to eat or how you can stay on a budget because families generally, we have to feed a lot more kids (laughs) and things like that. So that's really where my writing takes place. And then actually, since we were talking about the shop, I didn't mention this, but I have a service where people can just call me up and talk to me about their concerns about Costa Rica as they travel. And I don't really do travel booking or anything like that, but just, it's just, you call me up and I'll tell you my main recommendations for all kinds of different places. Oh, nice. That's great. So how do they get a hold of you? So that, you know, we're, we're into shameless plugging here. So how do people, I don't know if you want to give your phone number on our <laughs> podcast, but certainly your, your online, um, your shop, I mean, not your shop, but your website, sorry, your blog. Yes, no, you're all good. Um, so my website is www.puravitamoms.com. And then once you get there, there's an about page. So you can learn a little bit more about me. And there's also a link to the travel service so that if that's something that you're looking for or want to recommend to your friends who are heading to Costa Rica, um, there's a form right there that people can fill out and give me a little bit of background information about what they're looking for. And then we just jump on the phone. It's not a free service, <laughs> um, but it is really helpful. And I have a lot of people each week that take advantage of it. Nice. And it's Pura Vida Moms and it's P-U-R-A-V-I-D-A moms.com. All one word, puravidamoms.com. Um, hey, so Krista, can I ahead, ask you a quick question? Um, so with, it feels to me like a lot of people from Colorado travel to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Is that is that true? Like the way we're feeling that, or is it just a lot of Americans or Westerners or people in you know, the Western United States travel, or is it true that, or what do you know about that? Well, Costa Rica is one of the most popular tourist destinations in Central and South America, um, mostly because there's no army and everything, all that money is put into education. So there's a lot of people speaking English and tourism is actually their number one um, money maker as far as their GDP. So that's number one is like, it's just really easy to go. But for a long time, there was a frontier flight that was direct to Costa Rica and it was pretty inexpensive. And so I feel like a lot of Coloradoans during that time went, and then it's really everyone I know, every single person I've ever talked to comes home from Costa Rica and they're like, it was the best. We loved it. You have to go. And so I feel like in Colorado, just because that flight was there, then everybody starts recommending (laughs) this destination and it's just kind of grown from there. But yes, Coloradoans just flock to Costa Rica. I also noticed too, um, Krista, that you have a bilingual parenting kind of um, section of your website. And can you kind of comment about some of the ways to raise bilingual children? I think that's, that's really pretty cool that you have a section dedicated to that. Sure. So I was a Spanish high school Spanish teacher for 15 years before I started this website. And what I did is I dedicated or I sort of created a curriculum. My first job was actually at Longmont High School. And um, and I was actually born in Longmont. So <laughs> it was kind of full circle there. But basically, I created this program for native speakers of Spanish because they were in Spanish one. 
and they didn't really understand why they were learning numbers when they spoke Spanish at home. And so through that Mm -hmm. program and working with them, I really learned how the bilingual mind works. So when my daughters were born, I made the decision to speak only Spanish to them. And that's really hard, actually. (laughs) And so I started also kind of like the recipes. I looked online and there weren't a lot of resources of parents who are non-native speakers talking to their kids only in Spanish. So I was like, well, let's write about it and help people out. So there's a lot of resources there. And I think it's really important through the lens of a teacher um, because when you're working with your kids, you really are a teacher. And so that's sort of how that was born. That's really fascinating, actually, because I've studied um, a fair number of languages, Spanish being among them, and speak French fairly well. But when it comes to talking to kids, it's like, oh, okay, they didn't they didn't teach me how to do this. Like, I wasn't taught, like, what are the children's stories? Because I worked in a preschool yeah. for a while because um, I majored in French. And like, it's like, I, you know, I don't know the stories. I don't know the the cutesy languages, you know, because there's little things that you call kids and there's names for. So what, what were the pieces of that? Like, how did you go through that process? And like, what was all that like for you? Well, for me, the one thing is that my husband's from Costa Rica, so he speaks Spanish. So a lot of it, and I'm completely and totally fluent bilingual and bicultural because I lived in Costa Rica for so long before Mm -hmm. having kids. Um, but what the really hard part for me was actually not all of those preschool language, but it was mothering in Spanish Mm -hmm. because mothering is sort of passed down through generations, right? Like I say to my kids, what my mom said to me, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have that because my mom was my mom and she's not bilingual. Um, which actually made me when they learn, when they got a little bit older, now that they're older, I actually switched to English with them because, some of those hard conversations about like bullying at school or how do you feel about this and that, it was something that I couldn't do in my second language. And so I switched and they're still getting Spanish from my husband and they take Spanish classes and all those kinds of things. But it actually was more the mothering than the actual, like up until they were about six or seven, it was really easy to speak Spanish. I don't know. I think it's just so great to, to, have the section in there that talks about bilingual parents. Yeah, it was like critical when we were, when I was studying and the people that I was studying with in various classrooms and different languages, it was like people like that was something that people who speak like to learn to speak a different language are like, Oh, it would have been so cool if I was brought up with this. It would be so like, I would want to do that if I have kids and I would want to do that and I would want to do this. And then, I mean, they get really nerdy with the other pieces too. It's cool to see somebody actually go home and put it in action because it's like, oh, well, when you're, you know, when you're 18, then you're, you're exceptional in both languages. But when you're seven, then you're falling behind in both. And then, ah, and then people, and it gets to be really complicated, but it's awesome to see somebody take it and put it into practice because it is, I mean, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Well, thank you. I think part of it for us was that my kids need to be able to speak to their grandparents and their aunts and uncles, right? So it's a necessity. But the other piece was, and one of the rumors or myths that I try to dispel is that kids who grow up in a bilingual household are not behind. They mm-hmm. don't fall behind. Um, they're ahead because they know two words for everything and their brains are wild, wired differently. So I just want to dispel that myth <laughs> as much as possible that speaking another language to your kids or having a nanny speak the language or having them go to bilingual school 
is not going to put them behind it's at all. It's only a benefit. Sure. It is. Krista, what, what are the, uh, switching subjects a little bit here, what are the kind of the searches that are coming up right now predominantly when you do your SEO, when you look at like what the searches are for Costa Rica? Are there, I imagine travel's always up there, but is there something else that might surprise you or, or does surprise you or give you pause? Sure. I mean, actually, I'm the only person publishing recipes from Costa Rica in English. And so I have the national dishes are sort of the top, like gallo pinto, chicken and rice. Um, there's a couple of cocktail recipes that come up. And then the next set of top posts are things about traveling to Costa Rica, like guides with kids. So I was just looking at my analytics today and it was like water in Costa Rica, safety tips for Costa Rica, because all of those have competition, but when you scan down, when you, when you Google those things and you're a mom, you see moms, this was really intentional, but you see moms in the title of my website and you immediately click on that, right? Yeah. Because you want to hear from another mom that's saying, actually, there are some times when your child doesn't want to drink water in Costa Rica, or actually things are a lot safer than you would think. Um, but it's through the lens of a mom instead of like, you know, there are a lot of 20 something travelers that are writing or single men <laughs> and yeah. their yeah. contributions are all really important, but it's not the mom lens. No, I think that's really smart. And I think that your, your business is really amazing too. I had a privilege of listening to you during your pitch night on E4All and I just thought it was really pretty uh, amazing. So just wanted to congratulate you on the success and um, just wish you all the best. And thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And um, definitely, if you're an entrepreneur out there close by, please join e for all because it was really changing, like life changing for me. And I've learned so much. So um, definitely, it's based right in Longmont, and it's free. So yeah, thank you for that. Program. Yeah, they're not a sponsor, so you don't have to go on and on about them. No, I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, no, I, I, but it couldn't, was awesome. I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. No, it is really awesome. Not having gone through the program, but what I hear from other people and, and also being uh, uh, being involved, too, and at least a, a little minimal level, too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, Krista. And um, we wish you all the best. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you again sometime soon. I would love that. Thank you all so much awesome. for having me. All right. All right. Bye. That was Krista Menez from Pura Vida Moms. Um, you can reach out to her at puravitamoms.com. I think it's really pretty cool that you get the mom perspective as well as the travels perspective. And you can find out some recipes about Costa Rica. I mean, just, I, I don't know, Annie, I don't know if you, you don't want to put you on the spot here, but I just think it's really pretty neat because a lot of the travel blogs, as Krista was saying, are usually like these single dudes who are just running around and and you're like, okay, that's great, but you know, what what other considerations do you have if you have kids or you know, if you're a, a single woman or something like that, or a married woman and you're going to a different land? So and and she looks like she's muted. So we're gonna we're gonna have to have her do a dollar in the tip jar or something. I don't know. Go ahead. I was getting some feedback. Anyway, uh, yeah, when we when we travel places, I totally have done those various searches. Best things to do X here with mm -hmm. kids there, you know. And I mean, when we there was this point in our travel life where I knew things had changed because I started Googling where the closest parks were to hotels. <laughs> you need to like find the closest playground, just like go run them, run them out and get the energy out. And I'd never in my life before had 
been concerned about where the oh, nearby yeah. parks were when you yeah. travel. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so it is helpful. Those guides can be really good. I mean, you know, especially if you're going like Europe and like, yeah, maybe something yeah. more off to the beaten path in Costa Rica. It's like, what do you take your kids to go do that's good for them and short and can get back in time for nap time? Because it just takes a little bit more planning when you travel with kids. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend about this. who just got back from a trip to Europe and his um, girlfriend had friends there, family there, whatever, um, some context there. And it's like, yeah, you get that far from home and having some kind of local fixer, whether it's a service where you can call somebody and say, can you just tell, like, I just need to know a little bit. Like if I go to this hotel, like, does the water taste like, are my kids going to complain about the way the water tastes? Are my kids going to, you know, like, are they going to get mad if the kids are loud? You know, that kind of stuff is, is like, like you, you can't just know you can't ask somebody like, Oh, well, you know, my brother was over in, in, you know, Watertown the other day and he knows a great hotel. And it's like, no, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. Yeah. Yeah. We went to, um, we, my husband lived for some years in Costa Rica in the Southern part. And it's funny. We were just talking the other day about being about ready to go down there with the kids and, you know, we don't, we're not afraid of like traveling to remote places with young kids, but it, in some of these places, particularly where we like to go in the South are remote and it takes, you got to be able to keep up and you're kind of hiking through the jungle and there's, it's not like crazy dangerous, but it'd be nice to have kids that are big enough to like, kind of watch out for themselves and be on alert. So dangerous, but we did have to find some child-sized machetes. So (laughs) I mean, it's true. Where is like this area he gets there, you get a machete. He literally would get a machete and go hiking through the jungle and like uh, cut down the trail as we go. It's uh, kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know if we do that with kids, but we were just so I will definitely be visiting the blog to see if she's got any tips for down in that cool. area. Well, I did yeah. say I have some uh some news. We got a direct call yes, absolutely. on the subreddit. Yeah. Uh Nick PKE uh said, just saying hi to the hosts of Side Dish Podcast who like to read the Longmont sub. That's me. Uh, thanks for your efforts. You are, <laughs> you all are swell. It's like, thanks, Nick. That's uh, appreciated. Here's my ask, Colin. Nice well, nice. We, can we have more talk about pedestrians and bike and less talk about driving and routes? In my opinion, the greatness of a place to, to live is inversely proportional to the ease of driving through it. So that's that's the ask on there. And I well, like, actually, can we talk twenty minutes about cruising then? In that respect, no, I'm right? Um, <laughs> but I, like, it's a, it's a fair ask if we could talk a bit more. But like, conversation did start a little bit about um, Longmont has really great sections for biking, and then sections that are just really hard to navigate. And so the interconnectivity of the entire city isn't. I personally, as somebody who cycles, thinks we could do better on that front, particularly with protected yeah. uh, infrastructure. For you know, bike. on that note, I. Up, Go ahead, Annie. What do you think about the Ninth Street expansion? You know how they did. Well, sorry, the yep. bike lane expansion, the 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 lane right. Yep. So they went from four lanes down to two on Ninth Street. And I have, I was, I will be fully transparent, a little critical of that when it happened. I was like, oh, geez, Louise. But once they did it, it has not been bad at all. I feel yeah. like it's not cr- pinch traffic. It's been flowing just as much. <sighs> However, I heard some complaints about like, why did they stop it? like two or three blocks from each of the main drags before, why didn't they just extend it all the way through? So it's yeah, like, it was sort I, of like you got partly there, but then you, you didn't yeah. actually make this useful for cyclists using ninth. Like you can do a lot better if you got that. It, it is a little tight. Like my biggest critique about a lot of places in Longmont are the same thing as for um, ninth street. You're right next to traffic and it really depends on people respecting the lane. If you're coming to the, 
Uh, east on Third Street, you turn off of Hover, you go onto Third Street, you're driving up that little hill by the golf course. Um, uh-huh. There's a bike lane there, and you wouldn't know it because people just drive two wheels in that all all day long. And that type of thing, mm-hmm, yeah, if you mm-hmm. see a bicyclist there, ostensibly they're not going to kill somebody, but it doesn't make you feel very safe. And so if you have the same thing on um, airport or ninth or you know a few different other areas in town, it it doesn't feel great, but at least you feel like you can use ninth now. And overall, I do really like the changes since I use ninth quite a bit. I live relatively close to that. Um, and so turning, if you want to cross traffic to make a turn on ninth street now, it doesn't feel like you have to stop in the middle of a lane and wait for the opposite lane to yeah. clear and then you can cross across. So I do like that. And I do feel that same critique, but even if you could make it to main street on a bike, like, so what? Because then you're just going right. to ride on a sidewalk. Um, and that's, right. that's to me. But the I mean, they're working on Kaufman. So if you could yep. do like ninth to Kaufman and then get down that one, I mean, it would remind me of Boulder, how they do that really well with Walnut and what is it? Spruce. I mean, I remember when I used to cycle around Boulder, you could get all the way around downtown on that. I mean, you're like in the road with it, but it was super awesome. The whole yeah. lane just for the cyclist. And I see Kaufman going in that direction. It was very useful. Yeah. yeah and I like really cool about ninth is you can just turn on Pratt and then just go over to eighth and then go over to Kaufman. So you can, you, you can know. get around, but like if you're going, <laughs> you know, you guys are so linear. It's like, I don't have to stay on the same street. I can just turn off and go well, down I think, another I think side that the, street. The critique so. that like the, the guy on the subreddit had, which is justified is like, if you want to take a car, it's linear. It just is. Yeah. That's the way that the city's built. And that's the, that's the issue that I think a lot of people have with the cities are very much designed around the car to the point where, Neighborhoods are designed around the car. You have to have the car to get there, to get out. You know, the bus service kind of stinks. I mean, there is no such thing as a train around here. And we don't even utter the the dirty word. And if you want to bike out, you have to know the secret routes. And what I said in response is like, I, I, I like what you're saying. I'll try to remember to do it in the future. But ultimately, there are places where we just fall down. And I can't say what it's like to bike around in Clover Basin because I know what it's like to, to go from my door to a place. I don't know what it's like to go from clover basin to where i could say oh well your next airport take airport and that goes up to here and then it stops and then you're on 66 or whatever which you can do with a car and that like it is very linear if you're in a car you go to road you turn there's access for you there's always access for you because you're a car and i think that's that's kind of the, what this guy is saying is is um the issue and i feel like yeah if we wanted to make longmont a more pedestrian friendly place yeah a more population density protected places where where people can travel because there's a big movement. Well, I shouldn't say big, but there's there's a uh, a movement out there that's like c- cities are for people, like roads are for people, and not that we should just have everything be for the car, which takes up all of the space. So I do think if you're on Main Street, it's such a beautiful place to be. It'd be nice to be able to bike through it, but you are you're shoved off. And Kaufman's not bad, you know. And like the yeah, other the other old town streets aren't good. bad. But yeah. It's like yeah. if you want to go to a place on Main Street, you have to know how to do that, and people are asking for that type of route. And I was just coming home from work today and there was a guy on South Sunset. So like where that meets Ken Pratt, 119, whatever. And he was just biking, just going north. And there's no bike lane there. And there's like a semi, can't get around him, you know? And it's like, so we're all going, you know, 10 miles an hour or whatever. He's this old dude wearing a set of headphones. He wasn't exactly cranking it out. And it's like, um, and I think that's what people take exception with. You're like, ah, I hate bikers because this guy, and the guy's just trying to get around. He's just like a normal dude just on his bike. And it's like, yeah, I wish I could get around that guy. I wish there was a lane that was there because um, Sunset is kind of harrowing too. And even um, where it meets with Nelson uh, past the flower bin, 
you're really close to traffic moving quite fast. It feels yeah. weird when you're on those streets. I don't like those at all. Yeah. Well, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bike down there. if I. But there are lanes, right? Yeah. There's bike lanes that you don't want to use them. And that, yeah. I think that's, that's part of the conversation. No, I think, I think just to kind of put a bow on this is I just really think that, you know, again, I think all of us would desire a more walkable and bikeable city. So, and I don't feel like we've been really a lot of gearheads. We're not, this isn't where you're getting your motor. No, talk. but I mean, you know, so I do, I do kind of chuckle at that to some degree. It's like, yeah, well, we're talking gearheads all the time. Yeah, We so. do get into pretty lengthy conversations about, oh, well, if you're here and then you're just like, which way do you go? Well, I take a right on Bowen because then I can avoid the stop. Now, wait a second, I, Brady, I think you said second. everything was linear though in a car. You can't do, you can't turn. You just told me it was linear. <laughs> wah, wah. I could I could take third to Terry and I wouldn't feel like I'm going to get killed. So I yeah, think that's exactly. that's yeah. the bigger piece of it. Yeah. It's faster to know you your know, secret routes. But. You know what I would I would compliment our city planners on the number of greenways that we have mm. or whatever you call them, like all of the multi-use paths. And I mostly know those from running around town. And it's amazing how many miles you can get in around town just by staying on paths and going from one and path closely, you rarely have to run on roads. Um, yeah. And there's so nice runners and, and cyclists. I don't know how totally, um, how totally, uh, what's the word, practical that is for people trying to get around town. Oh, they but are like gorgeous. For leisure and strolling. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. They you know, I just wish we had something that was as cool. I mean, Anne, you mentioned Boulder and, and like on, uh, Pearl and Walnut and that and Spruce area. I mean, you know, you can, you can go under tunnels and on the path, bike path along there and not really interact with traffic at all. And that's really right. the coolest thing in the world. And I right. wish yeah, Boulder's we like had that, but you know, it, it takes time. So it's not, it it's does. not going to be, but there's some, there's some other news that I wanted to get to real quickly. Yeah. Um, did help for hear from our friend, Bill about the, um, hey, Bill. this actually, this, this, uh, story does make me laugh. He said <laughs> it's a multi-family um, community that's 336 units that's going to be near the Walmart here. But the thing that I actually thought was funny about this article is Thompson Thrift Residential, one of the nation's leading multifamily developers, announced today the development of Notch 66, a 336-unit multifamily community in the Boulder suburb of Longmont. Oh, I didn't well, know we were a graduated, of, of I guess. <laughs> yeah, and promoted here. Oh my that, gosh, that might I've heard bad names for Longma over the years. That might be the worst. I've never heard that before. I mean, that just makes me that's laugh. Terrible. I was just cracking up when I heard that. I was like, it's okay, that's super. that's pretty silly. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be at Highway 66 and Main Street. So yeah. that's over on the North Walmart side, just for those people who are wondering where that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a question for you, though. Um, I was talking at work today about Longmont Main Street, and we we were discussing like what Longmont wants out of Longmont, and then what Long how Longmont people see Longmont versus the rest of you know Longmont versus everybody, whatever. But it's like they said years ago, if you lived in Longmont, people would be like, "Oh yeah, I live in Longmont," but they would just try to avoid even mentioning that they were in Boulder County, like. They didn't want to be associated with all of that. Do you, do you feel there's any truth to that? Uh, you, you're absolutely. saying like yeah. Longmont people were embarrassed to say that they were associated with Boulder? Yeah. 
basically oh. Boulder County, but yeah. Even via county? I don't think so. I don't think I that actually, was a thing. I actually think it was the opposite. We were I was talking with yeah, a, a totally. person that I met who grew up here, and we talked about how up until about 10 or 12 years ago, it was more the opposite. Like, yeah. you didn't want to live in Longmont, at least from the young person's perspective, because it wasn't as cool as Boulder. And so, right. but... Now I hear so many people, I mean, a friend of mine who went to high school with like about 10 years ago said, yeah, I mean, there are people moving here. Can you believe that? Yeah. Like right. they choose Longmont and that's yeah, yeah, really yeah. what I run into people all the time who choose Longmont. That's, it's not like it was a, you know, consolation prize because they couldn't afford Boulder. If, right. And if, that's... Any, if anything, it was like Longmont, like thought Boulder was crazy. There was maybe that a little bit of that mm-hmm, going yeah. on, like with the groundhogs and the, this is like all the like dump, the, like these legacy stories. But I don't think anybody was like trying to disassociate or it wasn't, it didn't go that far. I, I'll say it was more like jokey. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. But you know, I, Annie, I have to ask you as a longtime resident, I, I've always, I always like laughed at some of these names I've never heard of growing up. I mean, did you oh, hear, yeah. was, oh, Longmo- yeah. was Longmonster uh, in the vernacular in the common language? No, when you it's were so growing up? funny because Longmonster wasn't, I do remember the first time I saw that word, which was there was a campaign RTD went through where they started painting the little like tiny Longmont buses yes, yes, and they painted yeah. them the long monster and they yeah. all had these little like monster feet below yeah. the windows. They were super, <laughs> super corny, but it, they were called the long monster buses. And I was like, what the long, what? And so that was the first time I heard that term. And then long tucky, the first time I heard that term was when I was working in Boulder and had some like, just going back to this little friendly rivalry. Some people were like, oh, long tucky. And I was like, nobody from Longmont ever calls it long tucky i think that's, that's again, the point what did that mean i mean it's just like that's the best you can do right come on like long one's so yeah. like podong rule yeah. that it's like kentucky but there's absolutely no like chemistry and but we used to say schlongmont that was like what we came up with that was our own like deprecating i've definitely heard i've heard yeah i've heard them all uh the last one <laughs> definitely yeah that's the one that i've heard thrown around the most but yeah, I mean, long tucky, I think it's just like taking pot shots at us being out there. You guys, could you afford to pay the electricity on your stoplight this last month? You know, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's just like, I yeah. Know. Could you keep the cows funny. out of your yard last how about, night? How about it's this like, one? You guys ever heard Bongmont? <laughs> no. Wow. I didn't hear that one at all. <laughs> no, never. Hey, a couple of other things too I wanted to mention. Newsworthy is the, there was a coffee place that was on 11th and Francis. It was called Cup of House. They have rebranded themselves now, which is called Boba Culture. So with a K. And so they are um, doing purely Boba teas now. So good for them because I went there probably about a year ago and I just thought, huh, it's interesting that you're going to have coffee right across the street from Ziggy's, which is kind of like this empire. Um, But knock yourself out. And I think it's great that they're kind of (laughs) they're kind of like embracing the boba tea thing. So I think that seems smart. So good for that. Um, No no, no news. Can I make a comment while we're over in that part of Francis? Yeah. Okay. Um, This is just super random. But the other night we watched the movie about um, Yip Man or Ip Man, I guess. Oh, yeah. 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 School martial Uh, arts. Right. So super fun. I love Kung Fu movies. It was great. And I'd never seen it before. It was it was a really good movie. But uh, 
then I started getting, I'm kind of wanting to get my youngest in some sort of martial arts. And so like, Oh, I'm going to go see, you know, who, if there's any direct line of training from Yip Man or whatever, or Ip Man, they say Ip Man, Yip Man, I never know the difference. And uh, I wanted to point out that I found that the, that, that karate or martial arts studio that's right there at Francis and 11th called Longmont Wing Chun Academy has grandmaster William Chang or Shung. I don't know how he said, I'm going to botch all of this, but anyway, he is, uh, he was like a closed door student um cool. of this grandmaster that is a direct line from yip man himself and that is very cool that yeah. is a very like rare lineage like he wasn't he doesn't have like direct blood lineage although that's kind of like what i gather important in all of this but he had like closed door training with this grandmaster who had direct lineage back with yip man cool and that's cool, that is cool. a fun movie. I've seen that. That's just, yeah, like right here in Longmont. I was very yeah. impressed. So that's I, I really, myself really will cool. be checking out that studio. Nice. Very cool. Um, also, Urban Field is going to be opening in March, and their website is much more robust. So urbanfieldpizza.com. So Eat. much more than pizza. They're going to be launching their menu here pretty soon, so we can actually get the dirt on what they're going to be offering. Also, um, uh, what is the Polynesian-themed restaurant? Suelos. Suelos. Suelos, yeah. March 8th. I believe awesome. Annie's got a, an invite to both of us just sitting languishing in my email. <laughs> I didn't need to reply to for like two weeks. <laughs> hey, Annie, I'm terrible at communicating. Um, I'm going to be there, guys, whether you join me or not. I'm there. That's awesome. So, in fact, their website is, is pretty cool, too. And they've got a lot of the food, you know, and um, when we had uh, Rebecca Gaffner on, I mean, just describing this, it looks really pretty cool. So, pretty awesome. And yeah, can't wait to have uh, a Mai Tai. So that's uh, pretty neat. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had a Mai Tai. It's been a long time. It's been a long yeah. time. So yeah, probably decided and regretted that after I had one a long time ago. But um, that is uh, any other tidbits of news or, or wonderful things we need to yeah, share just with our highlights audience? from the, from the, the yeah. subreddit. Always great. Uh, so the subreddit who like, We've given a little bit of a hard time for being negative too. They're giving a hard time to the Facebook group. They're like, don't don't go to the, the Longmont Facebook group. Uh, and then somebody else, a little tongue in cheek, said, I'm thinking about moving to Longmont out, from out of state. But if I move there, I don't want anybody else crowding my new city and moving in after me. How long do I have to be there before I can start telling those, those others looking to move there not to come because I'm native and they aren't? Yeah, good luck. That uh, that sentiment probably goes back to the the dawn of time. Yeah. Know? So probably in I don't know, probably 1910, people were saying, "Stay away from Longmont." You know, come here because it's too crowded. So yeah, you know, the curse. You know. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, well, anyway, we thank Andy Epler for our theme show music, and thanks to David Cutter Music for uh, music for leaving. Um, not really that we're leaving. We're going to be here next week of course i wish that this song was just called music for leaving (laughs) music for leaving i love it um anyway we just want to thank krista Jimenez from pura vita moms for joining us today and letting us know a little bit more about costa rica and if you want to reach out to her out to her i should say you should go to com. learn more about costa rica and she give you some tips on traveling there um, we are SideDish at SideDishLongmont at gmail.com. Reach out to us and tell us that, hey, that journey news that Annie gave last week was 10 years old or whatever you'd like to do. But um, like, Thanks, like John. John did. Thanks, John. Yeah. Thanks, John. But uh, yeah, if you want to count on old news, Annie's your person. So Pretty here thank last. you. Thank you all. <laughs> Thanks, Eric.